I want to talk to you a little bit about our sponsor, Built Bar. This is a uh, this is a company that I actually called and asked them to be a sponsor uh, out of the blue. I didn't even know if they were advertising with anyone. Uh, Stu's wife turned my wife on to Built Bar, and my wife turned me on to Built Bar. I mean, it took me, you know, about a year before I was going to listen to her. You had some very, you needed to do a full investigation. Exactly right. Right. And I needed her out of the house for a while right with nothing else to eat in the house <laughs> and that's when i did my investigation yes and uh, i love them built bar uh right now you can get built bar 15 percent off for your first order by using the promo code beck 15 these are candy bars except they're good uh they they are low calorie low carb high in protein high in fiber good candy bars that are good for you what Real chocolate, built.com, built.com. Use the promo code BEC15. Just try them. Your first order, you'll save 15%. Built.com. All right. Big, big show for you today. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, Dave Rubin, and so many other things that we are covering. It is a spooky show today. It's almost Halloween. I don't know why that makes a difference at all, but... What God do you worship? Well, I just I just want to admit my privilege. That's what I want to shut up. We begin there in just a couple of minutes. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. So you thought. You really thought that maybe this year, maybe... He'd finally stop doing the spooky commercials with all the spooky music. You hoped maybe this Halloween he'd grown up a bit, gotten a little bit more mature. You thought. (laughs) You were wrong. And now you have to live with it. Oh, the pain. The unbearable, never-ending pain of it all. It's almost... Almost as bad as the aches and pain that Relief Factor works to help your body defeat. So if your pain in the butt isn't some guy on the radio doing stupid Halloween-themed commercials, but it is, in fact, a literal pain in your butt, try Relief Factor. I got my life back. Or did I? (laughs) Wow, this is bad. Relief Factor isn't a drug, but it was developed by doctors. 70% of the people who try go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. Relieffactor.com, (gasps) 800-500-8384. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The Climate Change Summit is going on. Joe Biden. <laughs> the call is coming from the White House. <laughs> Facebook changed its name. 
I suggested that it just change it to F-Book. They wanted to reflect that now they're going to be part of the mega universe. The, or the meta universe. One of those universes. I just think that if they would have just called it Facebook universe, then we could have all called it F-U and it would have been good. But no, it's not happening. <laughs> Have you been asked to confess lately? Confess your privilege, Stu. Do it. Confess your privilege. Recognize it. Um, I'm guilty of yeah. climate yeah. crimes. Um, I... Why won't you recognize your privilege? That's all they're asking you to do. Recognize your privilege, Stu. I recognize my privilege that I've worked a long time and very hard and acknowledge in, your privilege in, in exchange. Such a white I receive man. such a white man currency. So I've been listening to this. Uh, I've been listening to this uh, CD by Fi- Phineas. Have you heard it yet? The Phine- I have not listened to it other than. Okay. You, so heard you played a little uh, bit. Phineas is Billie Eilish's uh, brother. And he's a genius. He's a real genius. He produces a lot of people's music. And this is his debut album. Kind of. It's weird because he's been on everybody's album. Um, But uh, in it, I played a song for you, Stu. And uh, I'm like, I don't know what side he's on here. Is is he saying all of this is bullcrap and he's tired of it? Because that's what it sounded like. Now, I'm an old, Mm -hmm. so I figured I needed to ask a youth or a young. (laughs) A ute. A ute. Mm -hmm. And uh, look, I'm down with it, kids. So anyway, uh, so I asked my daughter. I said, uh, what do you think he's singing about in this? And she said, oh, I just think he's acknowledging his privilege. (laughs) And uh, that's when I wrote... What the F does that even mean? Okay. What does that even mean? And uh, she said uh, that you recognize the things about you and your life that have made things easier for you. And all of a sudden it became very, very clear. Very clear to me. That you texted the wrong person that's not actually in your family? <laughs> yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. Uh, that... <laughs> I know what this is now. I know what this is. You know, we've been saying for a long time it's a religion. Mm. But don't acknowledge your privilege. Don't. Don't acknowledge your privilege. Assuming that you already do in a completely different way. For instance, this is what I wrote back to my daughter. So acknowledge my privilege. That's like everything that I have, everything that I've done, really all are because of god because he created me i'm using his power sometimes misusing it and for that i should repent my body my intellect which i had nothing to do with creating the earth all of its resources and the redemption that i get every time i make a mistake if i humbly repent something that i neither deserve nor can i earn 
And if I do those things and remain humble and grateful for those things, then I know I should serve my fellow man because that's the best way to serve God. The one who gave me all these things that I don't deserve. I already acknowledge my privilege, but I acknowledge my privilege to my God. Because he's the author of everything in my life, not you, not a mob, not anybody else. He is the one in my life that makes everything possible. So I have a religious exemption here. I'm not going to acknowledge my privilege because I acknowledge it every day on my knees to my God. And the while you might feel good because you have a little label you can put on people through my actions, not my words, through my actions, you can judge me. And my actions are very clear on who I serve and how I feel about my fellow man. And my actions show I don't give a flying crap who you sleep with, what your color is. My actions show that I actually believe in my religion that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And because I believe that, and because I truly believe in God, and I recognize that my privilege comes from him, not from you, I reject your religion and I'll stick with my religion. And I have a religious exemption from ever, ever having to recognize and acknowledge my privilege. Because I already do. And I don't answer to you. It's a very long text. Um, I would say that I that might have well, been it ended with an email. It ended with, uh, I answer to God. Not an angry mob that will punish me unless I do what they say. What is she? How does the, what is the dynamic here? How does she respond to something like that? Because not really, a great discussion for text, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Well, it's, a great, it's a great way of looking at it. Honestly, I'd never thought of that perspective. Yeah, before. I know. I hadn't either until. Until she said, acknowledge your, he's acknowledging his privilege. And then I had the typical olds uh, response of, what the F does that even mean? Yeah. It's nothing. It means nothing. I guess you should be praying to thank God for making you white is apparently how you're supposed to utilize those two things together. Right. And it's, it, it, that is such bullcrap. And this is a religion. They are asking yeah. you to bow down to their altar. And and admit that you are a sub, you are subservient to them or their God or their principles of God. Their principles are antichrist principles. I'm not saying they are the antichrist. I'm saying that's the opposite of what Christ teaches. Christ didn't say you will bow down before me. He didn't say that. He didn't say that. He invited you. He invited you. And you know what? He loved the people who were sinners. He loved them. 
He loved the people. He asked for forgiveness for the people who nailed him to a cross. If there's anyone that could be kind of smoked at a group of people, it would be Jesus at the guys who had the nails in their hands. Don't you think? Don't you think he might want to have said, Oh, before you nail me to this cross, acknowledge your privilege here as a Roman. He didn't. He forgave them because he knew they didn't know what they were doing. And I acknowledge, not my privilege today, I acknowledge that those who are forcing this down everybody's throats are no different than those who stood and cheered when he was nailed to the cross. They are no different they don't know who they serve. They don't know what they're doing. And I will pray for them. Not a great conversation for text, Dad, I will say. But it's an interesting, it's an interesting point because how does this ever end? Right? Like, like my, I, had, I had a stable, exactly. Yeah. I had, a, a, you know, a stable set of parents who loved me mm-hmm. and they were, they were great. And, you know, they, they my, like my mom in particular, very religious, conservative. And like she could have been the type of person who grew, raised me to think that I was the victim every single time that sure. something happened. And I, I and I had to wait for the government to do everything for me. I mean, is that my privilege in a way? Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, I had a good mom. Right. Does that mean that like. I'm privileged because of that. Are you I mean, the, some, are you the one are you the one who selected your mom? No. Okay. How did you get here? How did you get to America? You privileged SOB. Yeah. Did you crawl over a bunch of other embryos and go, "I want the opening no. in America." Right. <laughs> no. Would, this is this goes back to sports. Like you win the games that are on your schedule. Right. You can't design all of that. We can understand that uh, that we have it pretty great. It's a great country we live in. Like yeah. every single one of these people complaining about privilege is privileged to be here in the United States, where it's it's much better than anywhere else they could be. Right, and and it it has its flaws and it has its problems. And if we if we are more Christ like, and we actually believe the things that we say, see, here's the problem with this religion: they don't believe it. Because it doesn't require you to do anything other than nail people to a cross. Mm. You don't have to go serve. You don't have to actually take your treasure. You have to go steal treasure from somebody else and then take that treasure and give it to somebody else. That's not Christ. That has nothing to do with our Judeo-Christian values. When did Christ say, hey, by the way, for you stay with me. You wait, go get him, get his stuff. Let's give it to the poor. He never said that. Everything that says you should do that is an antichrist teaching, period. Why is it? I, I was uh, I was on uh, last night, uh, uh, Skype. Uh, I gave a Skype speech um, in Canada, in Ontario last night. And they had this big rally for these pastors that are being arrested. And I took questions from, you know, the audience and from the moderators. And they said, why are they going after the pastors here in Canada? Why are they putting them in prison? And it's very, very clear. Two reasons. 
One, when a, when a mob can't win over hearts and they are so far out of step with the people, they have to force people into it. And so you first have to get rid of all of the people that can make counterpoints and sway people and say, that's crazy. That is crazy. What they're telling you is crazy, and you know it's crazy. You have to silence those people. But the most important people are the people who can speak about God. Because once man, this is this is the this was the key to the printing press. This was the key to the downfall of tyrants. Once people had the Bible in their own hands and they realized they answer to no king other than God. I don't answer to your woke mob. I acknowledge my privilege on my knees in humility every day to my God. Not you. Not you. You're not my God, nor is this government, nor are your philosophies. It was the printing press. So they know that if you teach people the principles of God, the true principles, not dogma, not doctrine, but the true principles of what Jesus taught, the world changes because you are empowered. And what are they doing? They're disempowering everyone. You can't do it without government. You need a certificate. You need a permit. You need permission. You need their help. You need somebody in office standing up for you. I'm telling you right now, you don't need any of that. That's why they have to go after the religious first. That's why they shut down churches. That's why they're arresting pastors in Canada. The other reason that they're doing it is because this is evil. What we are seeing happening in our country and around the world is evil. It will enslave the entire global population if we don't stand up and recognize our privileges that came from God. If we don't acknowledge our privilege uh, to God, we will all be slaves to a new God. This is evil. Choose your side. Will you confess your privilege to man and kneel down in front of their altar? Or will you kneel down in front of the altar of the almighty God and acknowledge your privilege to him? I've made my choice. You really need to make your choice now. Oh my gosh, it's spooky again. Could it be that all of that was a lie? You were doing so well. So well, I mean, for years you kept track of the full moon, when it was going to be out, when it was going to be behind the clouds. You always managed to stay out of it. But that beast, that beast that lurks within you, that wants out, wants to become the bloodthirsty terror that stalks at night. You can never let that happen. Don't let him out. But then this month, this month, you forgot one tiny detail. Your blinds. <laughs> the blinds are so old and tattered, they 
looked like a kid ran over them with a lawnmower. And what's pouring through all of that open space? You try to answer, but only a howl comes out. Scary. It could happen to you. That's not. That's why you should go to blinds.com. They make uh, custom uh, ordering of window treatments online easy with free sh- you think this is too far <laughs> with free shipping and a hundred percent guaranteed perfect fit sunshine and barbecues are in the forecast upgrade your backyard with window treatments and blinds.com today enjoy your uh, new view uh and do it now go to blinds.com i just can't wait till you're doing these spooky commercials when bill o'reilly's on the phone <laughs> Oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> Blinds.com now. Uh, save up to 35% site-wide. Blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds, station ID. <sighs> Hello, Stu. Hi, Glenn. Uh, so what's happening with McAuliffe? What's happening? Uh, the, I mean, uh, now it looks like Youngkin is eight points ahead. Now it's he, a Fox News poll, but they're pretty yeah, fair and reasonable. Fox News polling is uh, totally fine yeah. when it comes to polling. They're not like biased polls. They are uh, pretty right in the right in the middle of pollsters. Um, now, this poll is a bit of an outlier as to what we've seen so far leading into uh, this race and it's it feels too optimistic i mean it if he if Duncan wins by eight that is a shock wave to the democratic party i mean uh, the, well they wanted you to know did you see this mm. they want you to know that you shouldn't expect to get the results that night right they're they're saying it's going to be so close that you know at 10 o'clock they might all have to take a nap and just let's pick this up in the morning. <laughs> and then, you know, around two o'clock, some will say, gosh, darn it. I just can't sleep. And it's my <laughs> constitutional duty to go in there. Damn what everybody else says. I'm going to do it by myself. And in the morning, we'll find out that McAuliffe won. You never know what shenanigans mm-hmm. might pop up. I will mm-hmm. say, though, in normal circumstances, you would expect a race like this to not be decided maybe that night because mm. it's supposed to be close an eight point race is not that not race close. though if, if no. that is actually what we're going to look at well i you think will what find we're going to see night, what we're going to see is it's going to look like young quinn is winning uh by about 10 o'clock and then they're all going to get sleepy <laughs> so we just have no faith in our electoral system that's our messaging here well today. i guess mcculliffe doesn't because he's preparing to launch lawsuits mm. of course he's been doing this forever yeah American Finance and NMLS 182334 www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org It's the same music I always hear when Jeffy is speaking. Jerry left the office of the mortgage lender and entered a cold gray night. A chilling rain poured down, punctuated by far-off snaps of lightning. He felt drained somehow. Like he was lighter leaving than when he was arriving. That place where the mortgage consultants had bitten him on the neck still tingled a bit. He was still puzzling over why all of them had Romanian accents for some reason. 
He took a few steps towards his car and then paused, horrified in the rain. Turning slowly back, reaching into his back pocket, the look on his face was enough to tell any passerby that he had just learned the gut-wrenching truth. Ah, those mortgage people had bled him dry! I mean, not literally, that would have been crazy, but he realized as he pulled out his empty wallet while he felt lighter. If only I had gone to American Financing. American Financing. Don't let this horror show happen to you. AmericanFinancing.net, 1-800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. And BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. I want to tip the hat to Stu and just say it's got to be a good day for you, Stu. Uh, I know that uh, uh, Governor uh, What's-His-Face in uh, New York. Andrew Cuomo was awful.com. Yeah, uh, has been uh, actually charged with a sex crime now. Yeah, they think so. he actually may be arrested. So, <laughs> to be good. so good day for you. Good I, day if, for you. I should point out, by the way, that if, if he is, if there's going to be a perp walk, I am going to have to take a jet up to new york to watch it in uh, person can i tell you something uh you could live stream it i might pay for that jet <laughs> that would be an enjoyable yeah. one to watch uh all right it. so uh mr stew let's talk about other crappy governors here yes. for a second let's okay. talk about mcauliffe mcauliffe so let's go back to mcauliffe who the heck is this guy right go back he, as he rises <laughs> through the do Dem- we have the spooky music <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Rises through the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. There's a story written uh, in 2004 from the New York Times. It says, Mr. McAuliffe's star seems to, uh, uh, to shine so bright that it has fueled speculation that when his term ends officially next March, this is when he's the head of the DNC, he might run for office, possibly for governor of New York, <clears throat> where he originally comes from, or Florida. Or his father-in-law is a major Democratic or Virginia, any place no. that will take any place that will take <laughs> a carpetbagger. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, at no point did they mention Virginia as a right. possibility. Really? Yeah. Uh, clearly relishing such talk, Mr. McAuliffe concedes that an interest in executive office, but he says he's leaving open his options, which he was. And yeah, yeah, he landed on yeah. Virginia. Right. Um, but the question is, why is Terry McAuliffe? a star that is rising in the Democratic Party at this time? Mm-hmm. Why is this going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, This is in the New York Times story and defines Terry McAuliffe for everyone in Virginia who might be considering voting for him. An advisor to Mr. Kerry said about Mr. McAuliffe's fundraising prowess and his willingness to be a lightning rod. Terry is a very valuable player. Terry will say anything. (laughs) End quote. (laughs) That's great. Yeah. And he will. He will say anything. Like, for example, when the Democrats want to lie and say the 2000 election was stolen. Mm -hmm. Who's out there in front of that effort the entire time? Terry Terry McAuliffe. And you know this. If Catherine Harris, Jeb Bush, Jim Baker, and the Supreme Court hadn't tampered with the results, Al Gore would be president. George Bush would be back in Austin. We won that election. Virginia is actually is with us, not with them. 
And Al Gore and Joe Lieberman got 547,000 more votes than George Bush did for President of the United States. By the way, the New York Times has said false to all of this. Mm -hmm. They know it. We won that election. And let's never forget it. Yeah, I see. So, uh, as you point out, Glenn, every media recount. Uh, they went through uh, all of this stuff and mm-hmm, found that George mm-hmm. W. Bush did win the election. Correct. By the legal standard. Correct. Over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Now, but, but you can maybe excuse this a little bit to give them some sort of break. It was a really very good. close election of yeah. just over sure. 500 votes. Right. Very, very close. Yes. And lots of people on the left believed this election was stolen. Mm-hmm. That was not the case in 2004. Oh, that was stolen, too. Well, Ohio. Yeah, it was stolen. Thank you. Now, that was not a widespread belief in the media. However, Terry oh, McAuliffe. No, Terry, I talked to Terry. He was, he, that was stolen. Yeah. Here's yeah. Terry McAuliffe talking about the 2004 election. Let's go back to Florida. We actually won the last presidential election, folks. They stole the last presidential election. No, they didn't. This is the this is the one he started about the 2000 in 2004. 2004, he's still he's still chiming that. So then 2004 happens, and there's this. If you remember the scandal, Glenn, it was about the uh, the Diebold uh, yeah, voting the, the, machines. the voting machines. Very similar to the stuff, the mm-hmm. the, the outlandish end mm-hmm. of of the 2020 stuff, where like you know all sorts of claims about voting machines changing votes and all these things. Um, you know, it's not a close election. It's not 539 votes. Now, in 2004, the people in his party who want to believe these conspiracy theories about how Bush lost that election mm-hmm. go to Terry McAuliffe and go after him. National. Go ahead. No, no, it's it's not. They don't believe in conspiracy. It's us that believe in conspiracy theories. Right. George Bush <laughs> did coordinate September 11th. Ah. He did steal the election in 2000. Yeah. And he did steal it in 2004. I mean, Forty-seven percent, I believe it was, of Democrats believed that nine yeah. eleven was an inside and job. By the way, you know who you know who was the author of that? Who was the who's the real author of that, Stu? That they hate him now because he's a conspiracy oh, theorist. Well, Alex Jones. Alex Jones the was the is the father of all of that, and they loved him. They for loved it. him in two thousand four. Loved him in two thousand two, three and four. Um, okay, so what is the approach of McAuliffe, a guy who's leading the DNC? When a, a few, you know, a, a wing of his party comes out and says, oh, that election in 2004 was stolen, too. John Kerry really won. Uh, this is from National Review. But in 2004, did he tell the crazies in his party to move on? No. He commissioned a comprehensive investigative study on election practices in Ohio to, quote, address the legitimate questions and concerns that have been raised in Ohio, including, quote, anomalies in the reported results compared to exit polls, historical data and reported anomalies within counties and precincts and whether the touchscreen machines and tabulating systems function properly. We owe it to the voters, McAuliffe said in December 2004, to understand what happened and conduct a thorough investigation into various election administration issues that arose in the state of Ohio in the 2004 election. To that end, he pledged to hire a political scientist expert in quantitative analysis and expert or, or experts in the design of computer hardware and software systems and expert in voting systems and machines, an investigator with forensic expertise and a pollster to survey voters who cast provisional ballots ballots, uh, and to conduct other original survey research as needed. All of this to investigate 
a state where George W. Bush carried by more than 118,000 votes. It is it is incredible. The reason why we don't believe in our system this time is because they have been undermining that faith the entire time, the entire time. Every election a Republican has won in my adult life, they have said was stolen. I, I mean, that's an, a remarkable statement, but it's true. And by the way, a lot of these are not even close. As we mentioned, 2004 was 118,000 votes in Ohio that would have changed the election. However, they also said 2016 was stolen, and that election was only 78,000 votes over three states, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. And by far the closest of these races was the 2020 race, where only 43,000 votes needed to switch in Georgia, Wisconsin, and it's illegal and to even say that. Right. It's madness to say what he's been saying for 20 years. He built in a career off of saying every election they lost was stolen. That has been his pattern the entire time. And now he's trying to act as if uh, Youngkin is the conspiracy theorist, which is just I mean, just slanderous. Slanderous. I mean, what, what is wrong with people today? Really, honestly, you got to wake up. I mean, and, and those who won't wake up, uh, you know, and, and will fight you on it. Just you don't have to don't try to win. Just try to understand them. And then try to give them information from credible sources like this. All of these things are his words Mm -hmm. and just say, okay, so do you believe all of this? Because the facts show none of that is true. None of that is true. New York Times reporting. You don't need to go to National Review. Go to the New York Times. None of this was true. Why are you believing it now? It's a good point. Now, McAuliffe went to the lengths of not only saying he was going to come up with a report, but actually commissioning it. And the report went through. Uh, it, it was actually released just after he left. But here's some of the stuff that was in it. Uh, current touchscreen voting systems, in addition to being extremely expensive to procure and maintain, are vulnerable to fraud. It, these are things that if you tweet them today and you make them uh, about the 2020 election, you will get kicked off of your social network. Can we can we actually just change the names and tweet exactly the same thing or don't even include the dates or the names, but tweet his stuff and see if it's taken down? <laughs> it's all, all just quotes. All just quotes. These are, just from quotes. Him. These are quotes. quotes from him. While there's no reliable evidence of actual fraud in these machines in Ohio 2004, our expert advises that touchscreen machines are not sufficiently safeguarded against fraud. The statistical study of precinct level data does not suggest the occurrence of widespread fraud that systematically misallocated votes from Kerry to Bush. You remember when these audits have gone on recently, this is what the... Uh, media has focused on right the fact that they couldn't find the fraud uh, Mm -hmm. in the in the final investigation same thing happened here yet they continued to go on it's entirely impossible that a touchscreen voter could vote for one candidate which would be displayed on screen while an entirely different candidate could be recorded internally as having received that vote if such an error occurred neither the voter nor any election official would be able to undo the damage after the fact if such an error occurred systematically, it could swing the outcome of an election. And if the faulty software were deliberately placed in the machine, it could even be programmed to modify itself to eliminate any traces of its having being present. If such fraud were occurring, it would not be visible to poll workers or election observers. You know, what kills me is they, they make this claim on Republicans. Republicans can't find their way out of a paper bag that is open on one end. They can't find their way out of a like an apple crate. They're standing in it. Oh, you just step out of it. They can't do that. Mm. They could somehow or another coordinate a stealing of the election. But 
he doubles down. Listen to this. Was President George Bush legitimately elected? Well, we went through a very contentious 2000, if you remember. And I remind you, it went all the way to the United States Supreme Court. And it took them through the second week of December to actually make a decision. And the Supreme Court, for the first time in the history of our country, stopped the counting of ballots in Florida Mm. and overturned the local Virginia or the uh, Florida Supreme Court. So yes or no? So that was a different. Yeah, he got sworn in. Once you're sworn in, we got to move on. But do not forget that it was very important that the Supreme Court of Florida stopped the counting of ballots. Okay. That wasn't the case in uh, 2020. Still, st- it's still stolen, right? I mean, it's just, mm. yes, he, the person got put into office and you had to move on. But yes, it was still stolen. And leading in uh, to the elections, he also talked about being concerned about voting machines. Glenn Youngkin has run the entire campaign on election integrity. He says it is the single most important issue facing Virginia. No. Do you think this next election is going to be on the up and up? Oh, I'm very concerned. Russia is going to be as active as they've ever been. Remember, I kept voting in the Senate race, kept voting for the Democrat. Republican name kept coming up. Three times that happened. So I took the machines and I hired hackers, professional hackers, to come into Virginia. Listen to this. It took them six minutes to hack into our OptiScan machines. And within four minutes, they were able to change a vote. Glenn Youngkin has run the entire campaign on election integrity. He says it is the single most important issue facing Virginia. No. It's fascinating because those are those last couple are current clips. He's still holding on to this and leading into the election of 2020 was saying all the things that are conspiracy theories now saying that they could happen, that hackers could get in, they could change votes. This is happening all over the country. This is But it didn't happen with Donald Trump right, so hard. Because they had to reverse. Did you They were the ones saying this was going to be stolen and that people forget that. Go back to October and September of 2020. It was the Democrats saying this election was going to be stolen because they were preparing the American people to have to uh to to when to, to to kind of give them the excuse that when they lost it wasn't their fault and that it was actually stolen like they have with every presidential election since i've been an adult by the way uh what happened in california could happen in virginia except you don't have a black man running in virginia um they just you couldn't vote for a black man in california i guess uh, because he was too extreme. He was Donald Trump. And uh, people were convinced you can't have Larry Elder. And they held their nose and they voted for Gavin Newsom. And California will pay a very heavy price for that in their economy and their way of life. Virginia, you now have the same choice. Who do you serve? What God do you serve? Will you kneel again at the altar of the progressive church? Or will you kneel before your God? That is the choice. Back in a minute. Oh my gosh. Well, I have some sad news. Uh, The axe-wielding maniac from last year's Halloween ads has fallen on hard times. Uh, You know, he's chasing around half-naked co-eds and chopping up stray kids who went alone and you know to smoke some reefer sure that's fun but it doesn't pay the bills okay and uh hard times have come and now he's realized he's got a you know he has to have a job um 
And he thought, you know, I'm not going to be able to chop people up. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What job am I qualified for? Well, he found something much worse. He has a computer and he's on the Internet hacking in to steal your identity. Yes, hacking without an axe. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Yeah, you don't have to be a half-naked co-ed to get hacked into right now. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions, but I will tell you, LifeLock is much better than all of the cops in all of the Halloween movies. They actually see it coming. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year with the promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head to lifelock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's lifelock.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Uh, next week, I want to I want to talk about uh, something called the agenda setting theory and been doing some homework on on the agenda setting theory and, and what it is. And basically, starting in the 1920s, uh, what a surprise, the progressives figured out that if they can shape the news uh, they can shape the agenda and they may not be able to tell you what to think, but they can tell you what to think about. And we see this with high gas prices. If the media is talking about high, high gas prices, it's everywhere. Everyone's talking about high gas prices, or at least it feels that way. Mm. But the media is not talking about it. But I know all my friends are talking about, have you gone to the gas station this week? That's the agenda-setting theory, and I have some really exciting news for you next week, but I haven't been able to figure one piece of the puzzle out, and that is us, you, me. Um, we don't seem to be fitting into this pattern, and I'll explain this next week. the Glenn Beck Program.